Welcome back to part two of our interview with Guy Thompson from the ANZ. In the report, The Growth Opportunity for Asia, there's a company called Slim Secrets, which is a case study. And I wanted to reflect that if you've been watching China establishing content, business development content for a while, they state a very similar statement that's been around, which is you need a domestic opportunity in Australia. You need people here to like what you what you're selling, that you then need exposure to the Chinese consumer base in Australia, and then you can head to Asia. One of the key data points in this that I found really interesting is that having good quality product is the main thing. Having unique product is totally not even on the radar. It was like 6%. So, and I don't think really if you're pushing a unique product, you are going to get a domestic and a Chinese domestic exposure and then an international exposure. So if you are watching this and thinking, I've got something unique, it might be missing the boat. It's simply about supplying good quality product to the Asian market. Is that? I think one of the challenges that we find for, um, for businesses is that while companies, especially trading companies in Asia, are looking for a unique product, uh, the consumer might not necessarily be there yet. So if you are, if you essentially have a niche product and the niche hasn't been developed at scale yet, um, people in Asia aren't necessarily going to understand what to search for. So in the case of um, people searching for a protein bar, um, in the West, people are, are doing far more web searches for protein bars than they are in, in, in Asia. So um, if you are selling that kind of product, you basically want a very large international company to come in and spend a lot of money to establish that uh, category for you, and then you can start selling on the back of that because you have, a, you have a differentiator within that. You have a slightly different product, it's more premium, it may have different flavoring, different ingredients, and you can then ride that wave where consumers are starting to see that as a trend and are starting to get involved. So I think the challenge is to realize that you may have a unique product, you may have a unique offering, which is important to differentiate yourself, but you've got to make sure that that product still fits in within a category and within a family of things because people will look at categories differently in Asia. The way people eat breakfast, the way people have snacks, the way people cook dinner, the way people store food is completely different in Asia than it is in the West. And having an understanding about that is really important before you just sort of turn up with your product and say, hey, my product is great. You've actually got to understand how they're going to use it and what they think about what your product category actually is before you just try and market to them. What's the takeaway arc from this report? I suppose the, the main challenge that I had is that Asia is a very complicated and very um, big market and it's really difficult to try and understand what's happening. So I had a question which literally was how do I, how do I work out what the next stage of growth in Asia is? And so I looked at some really key macro themes around uh, middle class gro consumer growth uh, in China and uh, across into the ASEAN blo uh, block of countries, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations which is 650 million people. Um, Middle class consumers coming through in China and in those Asian countries are driving a lot of consumption for products and for services as well. Uh, so that's obviously a key uh, area where growth is happening. Um, but there's a lot of other industries that are part of that journey. It may be food and beverage, it may be logistics and e-commerce. Uh, there's a bunch of different um, sort of sort of sectors and parts of the economy in Australia that are, that are affected by that demand. And again, we're talking about hundreds of millions of people. So these trends are much, much bigger than anything we actually see on the ground in Australia. Um, and also part of that as well as the services side of things. Uh, we found that 35% of the businesses that we surveyed who are exporting are actually exporting services. Um, so, And that's above the trend overall. About 22% um, of GDP is made up of the export of services. So that can still sort of rise overall, um, but it's good to see that the people that we're talking to are actually engaging well in the Asian market. Mm. And this report you've been doing obviously sits on the work of your team. What does your team do? 
So I work with the, um, the ANZ International Business Development Team, and we specialize in supporting um, businesses and sort of small to medium enterprises, so we work in the mid-market, um, to basically build business capability to help companies who are just trying to get the, the confidence to scale to the next level. Uh, many of these businesses are actually quite large and are able to trade um, trans-Tasman and all over Australia, but when you're going into different countries in Asia, each one is different and the journey is complicated and sometimes things go wrong and it's difficult to have to build that momentum. For a lot of new companies who haven't been up there before, they've got lots of momentum, but they're not quite sure about what the next thing is to do. And as soon as they get one roadblock, it becomes a, bar a huge barrier to getting any other momentum to keep going. So we specialize in trying to connect people uh, in Australia with people on the ground in Asia. Uh, we work with our team in terms of the ANZ offices all around the Asia Pacific region. Uh, we have great teams in Singapore and in Shanghai and Hong Kong and all throughout China. And being able to get those people on the ground talking with our bankers in Australia and improving the relationship that those businesses have with potential um, buyers, distributors and other companies in Asia is really important for us and that's part of what we do on a, on a daily basis in terms of trying to make sure that deals are progressing in terms of uh, opening offshore bank accounts or uh, cross-border guarantees if you're trying to get funding for different things uh, but also we run trade delegations where we actually get a group together and we go up and we experience the market as a group as well. Mm. Uh, and all of the research that we, um, that, that we do for things like these reports is all stored on uh, ANZ B Trade Ready, which is a website which allows you to go through and see um, the free trade agreements that Australia has with a number of different countries, 16 different countries. Uh, you can go through and tailor a customised report uh, for your particular industry sector and the size of your country, sorry, size of your company and the country and the market that you're targeting and you get a bespoke report that's tailored exactly for what you're trying to do internationally. So you can download this report and make your own customised report for your business as well. There's lots of tools on there and we find it really useful. So that's btraderready.anz.com. And it really is a fantastic site. I jumped on there, clicked the boxes, got something back, and I'm like, wow, this is actually useful data, and it's you don't need anything from me to try and hunt me down afterwards. Exactly. It's actually quite an effective tool. Like yeah. it's uh, and that's, that's been a really important thing for us. So when you come and download this report, uh, we don't collect your email address. There's no sign-up. There's no subscription. There's no um, newsletter that goes out. Uh, you don't have to do anything. So And you don't even have to be a customer of ANZ to, uh, to access this stuff. It's all free. So um, that's been a real important thing for us because I think when you are trying to do research uh, and grow your business, there's a lot of people chasing you, trying to sort of sell you something. And... Our whole position is that we want to help companies thrive and grow. Uh, and if you choose to, to bank with us and if you choose to borrow some money from us at some point, that's great. But you can't do that unless you're growing, unless you're actually running a successful business. Mm. So we're focusing on the success of businesses first. And then later on, if you want to have a conversation about what you can do to fund that, then we're up for that. But our focus is what's the next stage of growth in Asia? That's the key for us. Yeah. And similarly for myself, you need IT advocacy, you need digital marketing advocacy, and you need content creation. And if you're at a point in time in your business life when you're seeing this as a priority because you do want to enter Asian markets, that's why I make this content is to educate you. I don't need to chase you down because we're all time poor. So if it's the right time for you, please do get in touch as well. And the question I was interested in, um, when you look at like the Australia Post Tmall store, you know, I do work with Swiss and everybody knows Blackmores and all the other huge mm -hmm. companies. Who's flying just below the radar? What sort of industries are making a go of it? And I'd also add a little caveat in that because I know in your research report, a thousand, thousand businesses, 65% are expanding to Asia. About 60% of that see there's a huge market they're going to keep expanding and then 50% of them underestimate the capital required to actually do that. 
So, you know, who's, who's doing it? Who's getting a little unstuck? Well, what are your thoughts? Um, I think maybe I'll sort of cover some key categories as to what's working, what's not working. Um, the demand for high-quality food and beverage has always been really, really important. And uh, there's a lot of fast-moving consumer goods that are very successful. And uh, skincare especially is, is one sector that is uh, booming. Uh, people want to look better. They want to make sure that they are ageing appropriately. And protecting yourself from the sun in Asia is a really, really big thing culturally. It's really important for people. So a lot of um, businesses that are making skincare and healthy products in Australian New Zealand are doing very, very well. And that's sort of come from the on the back of things like supplements and high-quality dairy and fruit and vegetables that have been sold for a long time into Asia. Those categories have always been very popular and therefore people have been shopping for those and now looking for other products and expanding that uh, so their, their, their scope of what they're prepared to buy and uh, what they're interested in. Um, a lot of tourists who will come uh, and visit Australia um, will sort of buy products when they're here and take them home and share them with their friends. We all know stories of people filling up suitcases at the airport and, and taking them home so it's very popular to be able to take products home and share them with people. Um, gifting is obviously really important in Asia so anything that's small, that's portable, that's um, that feels good, that's a, a great product, those products are doing very very well uh, but it is competitive so getting the right advice and making sure your branding is right for the market um, is really important as well. Mm. Lots more we could talk about. I think we'll leave it there and we'll come back and do this at another time. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs>